0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast where we seek to gather people from different places, cultures and bring them together to learn about each other and create a more holistic approach to the world and what is and what's in it. So today for today's episode we have my good friend Andy back. Good to see you Andy and Because of where we both have studied, having studied in multiple countries and spending considerable amounts of time in different countries, we thought it'd be a great idea to talk about the differences between education, high school, college, between the United States, Argentina, and China, as we've, between the two of us, we've studied in at least two of the three countries, if not all three. So Andy, it's great to have you
1: back. Oh, thank you, Sean, as usual, for inviting me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and speaking about all these interesting topics. Uh, yeah, we've we got a very nice uh, session for you guys today. We, we'll be touching on like, a lot of topics, so I'm super excited to begin this.
0: Likewise. So, you know, it, it's pretty neat, Andy, because between the two of us, we've had You know, this wonderful opportunity or opportunities to study in multiple countries and come away with come away with so much from that process because so few people get ever leave their home countries or even get the opportunity to study abroad or even complete a whole degree overseas. And I think it really will impact anyone who does it and you'll come away a different person not like in your core beliefs and values but you'll just come away with a different look on life or perspective on the world
1: mm-hmm. so I, I totally agree it's, it's definitely a truly unique thing to be able to experience different educational systems right because you know we we learn from you know their strongest points their weakest points and then there's so much that we can appreciate about each one of them and ultimately, you know, I guess when it's time for us to choose where we want to send our sons to or our daughters, you know, <laughs> we, we can choose the better of all of these systems, if not create our own system, right?
0: Exactly. Take the best and make it into something that's, you know, a combination of everything, you know, as they say, an eclectic approach. So Andy, so up until this point, you studied in both Argentina, China, uh-huh. and the U.S.
1: Yes, that, that is correct. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about that if you want.
0: For uh, sure. So, you know, so you, um, so can you just kind of give us a little background about like what, what you did in each country?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'll try to be brief because I want to touch on like many topics, so. Oh, I understand. Uh, it's hard to keep because, that simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard. Though. All right, let's get, let's, do this. Is it. So, I did high school in, Argent- I did from preschool to high school here in Argentina uh, at the same establishment, this was a Scottish school. Because uh, Argentina, it has many, many English and uh, you know Scottish schools. Well, uh, really, they really they they have like a lot of like international schools from like different countries. But that's because you know early in the day, I think I mentioned that before. We were an immigrant country, and they were like folks would establish you know, schools in here. And yeah, we were a Spanish colony. But uh, one interesting point is that we had a lot of british influence back home um, we were almost very, super close to actually being a british colony too and what they left us besides the railroads were schools uh so that in my case i went to a school called st andrews uh from scotland uh super interesting uh you'll see in every big assembly uh, there would be a bagpipe like someone playing the bagpipe and so every time i hear a scottish song uh, i i mean it's just reminiscent from those days uh, also you know even, even if it was like an argentine like assembly of swords or like celebration there will also be a backfire there um, that, that, and i did it in like british examinations too in like final year so yeah that, that's like how, how big it was right? like that british influence yeah
0: now that's always neat when there's that one thing, whatever it could be that as soon as you hear it, you hear hear it or you see it, it brings back those memories and it's that's absolutely. that's always neat. So
1: I, I think it's crazy because like why why on earth would I identify a backpipe for my childhood? <laughs> <laughs> well
0: I'm sure that many people would identify with weirder things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, so you so did your high
0: school in Argentina and then you went to China
1: I, next, right? And I I went to China because um um, well, I have participated in this Chinese competition and there was like this scholarship where you could go to study in China and they, they would allow you to choose any university from like the state schools that you wanted and uh, well I went to Zhejiang, Daxue, uh, Zhejiang University where I actually met you. We were classmates in that same establishment, uh, definitely a fantastic place that one. It was just for one semester though, spring 2018. Uh, but I mean, it does feel even though we're like two years from uh, ahead from that day, it does feel like yesterday sometimes. I, I I do have many memories. That it
0: does. That it does.
1: It's just like uh, yeah. Every time I hear about China, yeah, I remember <laughs> on my hard times being there. And then uh, in that limbo between finishing high school and going to China, I was also applying to college abroad in the U.S. Uh, because my my sister actually. She uh, was—I don't know if I ever told you this—but my sister was a professional tennis player. That's why. Yes, I do remember you telling me that.
0: That's neat. That's really
1: neat. Playing tennis, and uh, that's because of her, because of the family, really. And she played tennis at like this college in the U.S. It's called the University of Pennsylvania. Um, And uh, yeah, she she kind of introduced me to what like college life in the U.S. is. You know, you see a lot of that in the movies, you know, like those frat parties where they are playing beer pong and stuff. You say, is it really like that or is it more academic? And, and yeah, like I, have to, I had a chance to visit her place when she graduated in 2015. I loved it. And I said, let's give it a shot. Let, let's try to apply. Let's do our best. You know, let's work hard. And here I am. I, I'm, I'm studying at that university. It's been I, one of the best decisions ever.
0: That's awesome to hear, man. That's awesome to hear. One of
1: the best educations that one can receive, really. And
0: at the end of the day, it's all about education, you know. You know, yeah. you know. education is power, or knowledge is power, it, as it they say.
1: Power. It is power. I would say it's one of the, it's empowering, you know, because uh, I think, well, this is a totally different topic, you know, but like an equal access to education might be one of the biggest problems there is today in society, because you never know, if there's a hidden talent among among people that you know they, they do not know whether they are talented or not, or like whether they, they might become the next Mozart, Picasso, or Einstein, so that's why education is super important. You know, it provides opportunities.
0: Exactly, and that's awesome, Andy. You know, you got to study in those three in all three countries. You know, and like myself, you know, I I followed kind of a similar path as you did. I started, you know, I'm from the United States, so I uh-huh. did K through high school. And then in the US and then I did my undergraduate in the US and you know it was, it was a or great Were
1: both like high school and college in the same city or not? Yes. Yes. No, I, I stayed
0: same. I stayed local for a variety of reasons, but what I actually did was I did finished high school in two thousand ten and then I went to a community college for two years because it was okay. very it was very inexpensive and in many cases I thought the classes were actually even a little better than some of the four year schools that I had looked at because Smaller class size, more one-on-one, and yeah. th- it was a great way to get all of those prere- prerequisite general education courses completed, both by saving both saving money and also you know learning a lot. And then I transferred to uh, large to the university here in Illinois, Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, where I finished my bachelor's. Great experience, made a lot of good friends, and I did a lot while I was there. And then. While I was there, I studied abroad twice. I studied abroad. To Ch- I studied abroad in China for a summer semester, but almost six so weeks.
1: Where, where in China were you studying abroad?
0: After? I actually went to Hangzhou because.
1: Oh, you, oh, oh, god! So you knew Hangzhou before, like. Yes. Before China, right. Was exactly. it also in Yang University or no? No, this or... was
0: separate. But we had a collab- We were collaborating between the two schools for this program. So oh. um, I started. I started to you know at my four-year institution in 2012, then I graduated in 2014. So in 2013, the summer of 2013, I, we, it was a travel study with two professors and 10 students, including myself. So we went there and it was, I managed to take two courses, an independent, an independent study and a mass communication course. And it was eye-opening, you know, we got paired with some Chinese students from the university. We spent a lot of time with them, you know, started learning Chinese at that point. And, you know, it was just eye-opening. First time out of yeah, the I, U.S. That's,
1: that's when, you know, like that, that little thing in your mind changes. Exactly. Right, and that, think, that triggers a switch
0: in your mind, like, wow, there's so much more to the, to the world than just, you know, where you're from. So that was a great experience. And I remember when we were going back, I was almost in tears. Like, no, I don't want to leave yet. No, I don't want to leave yet. So then I came yeah, back.
1: All good things come to an end. So. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I came back and then finished my last year, my last year as a senior year. And then what was pretty awesome was I graduated, I walked with my bachelor's in May of 14, and then I took my last course in Italy. I studied abroad in Italy for six weeks in Rome. So I got to experience Italy. You know, it was a U.S. university that I transferred to, because we have a partnership, they had a partnership between the two schools. And I took my last class, and I got to go all over Rome literally every day, and I got to go to other to, to Florence, to Naples, Sorrento, and uh the you Amalfi know, Coast, uh, Tivoli, and a bunch of other places all throughout Central Italy. And then literally, and while that, during that time I had been applying for graduate school uh, for a while, and then I got an offer from China, full ride scholarship to go to Zhejiang University for international relations. So I got back from Italy, got back from Italy in July, early July, and then I left September tenth for. China and started my master's program and then spent nearly four quick, years. Nearly four years in China.
1: For the visa in the meantime. Yes.
0: I had done all that. I'd applied for everything in spring and literally I remember I was on Isle de Capri in the, on the Amalfi coast when I got yeah. the email that I was accepted yeah. for. For oh, for the university.
1: Well, a when you for like a, U, like a Chinese visa in the U.S., do you need to go to like the, the embassy in DC, or is there like a consulate?
0: Like, uh, there's a consulate in Chicago. So what I did was because I had never done this before. Um, there's a service that our, the university uses for their study abroad,s or their oh. study abroad, um, you know, trips. So I used that service. Paid them two hundred dollars. They they had a courier took it, took, took it up and got back had everything done. And then I got everything I needed. So that was pretty, it was quite simple. It's very easy. I mean, it's not quick, but it's not difficult to get a Chinese visa for as a, or a student visa. And then, so literally, I went there. I completed my master's in about two and a half years. And then took a little extra time because I got to travel and do other stuff. Did some research. Did a lot of, a lot of amazing things. I got to go to nine provinces in China, which was amazing. And then... After that, and then this is where I met you. I've graduated in summer of 17, and then Mm -hmm. fall of 17 through summer of 18, I did one year of Chinese, and that's where we met. And then. But
1: we met in your last semester. Exactly. Exactly.
0: We met in my last semester, and then I remember, you know, we finished up the Chinese course, we got our certificate. And then um, you know you, you headed back to Argenti- headed back to Argentina. I flew back to the U.S. and then I got a job at a, at my old university, which is pretty awesome. And I started that in January of nineteen. And then ever since we stayed in contact, and here we Absolutely. are doing this. Now we're now we're
1: here. Yeah, yeah and potentially we'll be back in China. You know, like all, all roads lead back back later. And
0: that's the thing is, you know, now I'm traveling back there for work, and it's awesome. You know, having all those experiences it, it, and having the knowledge. It, it gives you such an advantage, you know, in what you're doing. So, I think it's pretty cool that you know I've been an international student, you know, in two, in three, in basically three countries.
1: You do not know why.
0: Yeah, and so you know I can help people do what I wanted to do and was able to do. So that gives me a lot of satisfaction in my job. So uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's nice. You're, you're giving back. Right? It's 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 a really nice feeling. That
0: exactly. Absolutely. So Anyway yeah so I mean that's that's pretty much you know me and you know we've have pretty similar experiences and they 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 share a lot and they're similar and almost a mirror image in many ways so that kind of leads into the the meat of today's discussion is that about comparing the differences in different aspects of education between the three countries since we've experienced yeah. two or three of them as we mentioned so to begin with you know it's always important it's like applying for college. You know, it's...
1: Applying for... I, I have lots of questions uh, for a because I, I never really applied to a Chinese school before. So I, I just... That, that, before I forget it, like, how did you apply for the master's program?
0: So China? pretty much, I would say, like, applying for school in the U.S., China, they're very similar. You you know, you have to go, you have to do your research, figure out what you want to do. So once you decide, you go... I went to Zhejiang University's website and... I, uh, they went to their application any, any, page. All
1: the requirements there
0: that yeah. you would need. Okay. Yeah, so, and they go. you go to the tab for international students, and they have master's, PhDs, and bachelor's. So, of course, I chose master's, and I looked at oh, no. the programs. Oh, international relations. Being a history major as my undergrad, it was very suiting, so I picked that one. as a two-, two to three-year program, and then collect, basically clicked on that, and then I got all the information. Here's what you need to apply, all documentation and everything to get – everything you need. And then if you're approved, they'll mail you your visa paperwork to get your visa. And then, so basically it was just like, but I had to mail it all out. So basically I got all Wait, my-
1: wait hold on a second. You had to like mail that to China?
0: Yeah. It was a two-part, two-part process. There was an online application, which is very common. You do the online application, you submit that. And once that's done, then you have to compose all of your documents and then ship that and, out. They
1: just don't let you like upload the PDF.
0: Some of them, yes, but other stuff they need originals. So
1: what, what, what original did you need to mail? Like, well, YW I should when I say mail, like, when
0: I say originals, they needed like original copies of your. Oh,
1: all right, yeah. all right.
0: I, if you were, mating, you were <laughs> Oh no, I would never mail my diploma you know so yeah, that's and, a risky move there. And actually you know and the main thing is I had I didn't actually receive my diploma when I applied because I was still at, an undergrad. so mm-hmm. I had to send a base a uh, up-to-date transcript and yeah, certification that I will be graduating. Yeah. And then when I actually did arrive, I presented the diploma then they removed that hold for me. But yeah, I, I, it was very straightforward. Yeah. And no
1: exams, like, no like GRE of sorts or. Not for this program, know? no. But
0: program. I had to have, I had to have three letters of recommendation. I had a personal statement. I had to have transcripts, uh, basically a certification for your diploma or you'll be getting your diploma, and then. A
1: personal statement or mm-hmm. like some sort of like motivation letter.
0: Yeah, personal statement. You know why, and then basically a full lit, and then there were, you know passport photo passport photo a medical examination check and um, so it was a pretty it was a pretty thick packet of stuff i had to do it took me several months to get everything together
1: oh because
0: God. i was working on my senior thesis at the time so i was really stretched thin
1: yeah, on time you really know not not that much time to like handle everything at the same
0: time but i mean it was it wasn't difficult it was just time consuming so and also <laughs> When I was talking with their one of their mission coordinators, who uh, I got to know pretty well later on, he advised me, oh, go ahead and apply for some of our scholarships, and I hadn't even thought about it, and they had this, they had two, like, literal, two literal full-ride scholarships. One was a, was a scholarship through the university, and one was through, uh, basically, the, they were offering, like, a government scholarship for international students.
1: For but like you do that once you're admitted, or can you do that while you're applying? While you're
0: it? applying, but it's a separate application. So I had to. So I once, so I sent out the ad, application for admission, and then I had to collect all the documentation for the scholarship, and then send that out. Mm-hmm. So then, literally, I remember I sent that out in April because the deadline was middle of April. So I sent it out, and I'm just like, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: And then it's free, right?
0: Yeah, and then literally that's and then when I was in Italy. Finished last last week of my time there. That's when I got the email while I was on Capri, <laughs> and, and I then, got.
1: But a whole so so you sent it in April and the email you received it in what June was it? very
0: end of June. I think it was like June twenty seventh or twenty eighth.
1: So, so literally, say, right
0: about now, right about this time. Yeah, right about this time.
1: Wow.
0: And I remember it was pretty awesome that I, I was like, oh my, because I... I
1: mean, it's a, good, it's a good feeling,
0: right? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's I great to see play. that you're admitted. And then, oh, by the way, you got the scholarship. And I'm like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> no, I like the nice feeling that, yeah, you, you, you can continue probably, you know? Like the exactly. Journey, that, that, that that feeling of adventure, right? It, it's just, it, it will go on. Exactly. And, and,
0: yeah. Exactly. So I would say between the two countries, it, it's similar. It, it just depends on the universities, especially now working at one. It really depends on each university and their and their procedure, I would say. So with that being said, what's it like in Argentina? Now, you, you said, I know you didn't do your undergrad in Argentina, but I know you know people who do or who I did.
1: People, I'd say it's uh, as simple as it could be. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, in the sense that there's not really an exam that you need to do. So there's no SATs or no ACTs of sorts that you need to do. Uh, there's like, so there, there's in like the big city, Buenos Aires, there's many state schools. There's also a, a couple of private schools there. I, I mean, I'm referring to universities. But uh, but you just simply say, all right, uh, what major do you have? Uh, let's say business administration. Uh, can I sign up for it? Sure. You, you sign up for that, man. You're all set. Uh, like here, here's a caveat. You know, uh, at least in the state schools, what they make you do is you need to go for a compulsory one-year uh, curricula. I mean, and it's all free, I should say. Like, at least in the state school, you, you don't pay a single dime. It's all like, oh my uh,
0: God, that is music to my ears because, as you know, the US education is great, but it is so expensive.
1: <laughs> it is expensive. Like, here, yeah, so like you sign up for a course that you want and it's free, so great. But like, the thing is, you have this one year where there's like, uh, you can call it a common curriculum. Why? Because you want to get everybody at the same level. You're going to have a background in art and that history, and some sort of background in maths. some sort of background in linguistics, you know, a common curriculum. Even though you might already come knowing that stuff, you still have to do it because you'll probably meet people from all sorts of majors and stuff. Um, Anyway, you do that for a year, you do the topics, and then you're formally admitted to the university on that major that you chose. And in contrast to the U.S., I would say, uh, most of the classes that you end up taking will be just of your major. You don't take like general requirements or like that sort of stuff because you already did it, right? You, you just took like that common core. So you just dig, the, you would normally take around four classes a semester and you do that for like four to five years. And, there, and it's going to be just about your area of study and that's it. No electives, no anything as far as I'm concerned.
0: You know, I, I would agree with you, but I but I would say that for most, like when I was in college in the U.S., the first two years were mostly general electives. You had to have an, you had to have science, you so you have science, social science, math, English, and then, um, uh, and other electives because you I had
1: know to... the guys had a writing seminar. I had a writing seminar too, and that, that sucks. They teach you how to write, which is pretty good. Um, Well, and one advantage for the U.S. is that you might come to college without really knowing what you want to study. So this sort of exploring different classes and, uh, well, extracurriculars will speak about it afterwards, but, you know, you can explore different sorts of things and, yeah, uh, you, you can decide afterwards. And here you are all set for that one thing that you chose.
0: Yeah, and I would say that you know, like most students they have to take the general general education courses at least the first two years. But some majors there's it's more it's more focused, you know it's I, more focused from the Exactly. But it it would just depend because, you know, like I know you're doing engineering.
1: Yeah, I and then, am doing engineering yeah. but I still I still have... They make me take a couple of lines. Exactly.
0: And I remember it was really interesting because, you know, I, I'm not I'm not an engineer, but I'm a social scientist as a history major and then, then an international relations uh, master's, you know, graduate. Mm-hmm. So I, we learn a lot. And then I've met engineers and other people, and there's a lot you can learn from each other. But I remember a lot of the engineering students I met, they were like, hey, I need help with this writing. I, I just... And they yeah, were like, and they were and like, like, how I do you, think... how can you write all these styles when I mean, it's just part of our education? But you know, they don't learn; they can still learn a lot, but they didn't learn as much as I did on that. But likewise, I don't know a lot of stuff they're doing because I haven't uh, learned
1: absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. It's always, I mean, like the, the world we live in right now, it's so interdisciplinary, and you need skills coming from every discipline. Uh, exactly. So you're you're trying to build a toolbox, you know, to to be you know as prepared as possible. Uh, to go out to the world once you're done with your degree, and what's the, let's say, whether you're going to build, imagine you have your toolbox there, and whether you're going to build a house, whether you're going to build a, I don't know, a vehicle, whether you're going to build like whatever, you don't know, and like, and you also need to anticipate what tools to equip yourself, it could be a saw, it could be all all sorts of hammers, you know, because you want to, you want to like specialize in hammers, or whatever, so, uh, and you know about this because you, you like construction too. So I guess this is the perfect metaphor.
0: Ex- no, you hit it right. You hit you hit it right on right on the nail. And I think that's Not
1: right on the nail. <laughs> one would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I'd I say, that, you know, the approach is the application process and kind of the methodology, you know, it's pretty much an, you know goes in line with what you're saying. And that kind of and leads and that leads into another another point and that would be the education style which we've already touched education on a bit
1: style. wow um i'd say here uh you would have, um there's like lecture based you know it's like this thing about like small seminar courses or recitations i haven't heard much of uh, i'm mostly aware of like big lecture halls where there's lots of people since like most universities are public anyways you know you have like a bunch of students coming in and you don't really need to be signed up in the university to actually be on a class. You <laughs> like literally any strange. I can walk up. I can walk like there if I wanted to And nobody would say hey. um, a thing. And, and the teaching style, there's like it's. I wouldn't say you don't get like that same, you know, professor-student interaction as you would in the U.S. Um, but definitely, Argentine students, they they ask questions. You know, they, they raise their hands. They're inquisitive. You know, um, it, at least in my experience in high school
0: no i would definitely agree with you i would definitely agree with you because american students were were taught you know to ask questions you know challenge not not you know in a bad way but just challenge to learn and to question authority to an extent you know how far that goes it it varies but i would say from what you're saying that seems to be something that both american and argentinian students have in common but in china it's very different on that you especially from doing my master's there and having been in classes with other chinese mix us international students were much more willing to raise questions, question the professor, you know, challenge the professor in a way, and the Chinese would students would not analyze, do
1: that. Say, okay. Exactly,
0: and and that's one thing I've learned from many of them, is that when they're in primary school, you know, middle school, high school, they're, that's bad to challenge. You just, and it's much more lecture focused, you don't, there's not as much discussion, debate, you know, personal expression. It's just lecture, lecture, lecture. And there's, no, of course, there may be some of that, but it's nothing like in the U.S. or in Argentina, well, from what you're saying.
1: I guess, like, you can speak more about your master's course. Like, when, like, but when we're both learning language, I mean, that, that already involves a high level of interaction. I mean, you're For sure. To, you know, but you, you need to interact. But still, even even with that, it did feel like, you know, like the position of power, you know, was like very well established much years. more
0: stratification yes
1: yes it wasn't like we, we weren't both, we weren't all on the same plane you know there were like somewhere anyway like the professor but but it still it was still nice you know at least uh, in my case to you know those a couple of political commentaries and after get mad uh, that's <laughs> what i remember speaking about taiwan and china but uh, well just you, i like poking fun you know
0: and exactly and I think at the end of the day people need to they need to be able to laugh at themselves and also just accept others opinions. you don't take it as a personal attack just take it if that's their opinion. that's my opinion. I'm not trying to change you you're not trying to change me and we could go on a whole rant on this but no I definitely think that both the US and Argentinian systems both in high school college, it's much more like there's lecture, there's debate, there's revision, there's a lot, it's more balanced in that aspect, whereas in China, it's much more lecture heavy. And I would say-
1: But still, if I had to draw like a spectrum, you know, about whether whether I would place each one of these educational systems, of course, like the US and China are at the opposite ends. They lecture-based in China, like super lecture-based in China to more like discussion-based in the US. And I would place Argentina in the middle, but closer to the US, you know? because they're, they're still like that sort of interaction.
0: And stuff, but like still the U.S., I would like, put it in the, in the crown position there. Yeah, and I would say, you know, and you may, that, that, I think that's a good analysis of that. And, but at the end of the day, I've taken a lot of good things from each system I've right.
1: been in. I mean, all, all of them have their merits.
0: Exactly. Community. And I would say that I think because we were international students and it was an international master's program where they had both international and Chinese students, it was definitely more. Um, how should I say it? It was more it, it was, more discussion it, heavy than normal over there because it's more of a hybrid in a way.
1: So we, were, we weren't given the true experience. Exactly.
0: Say. If we had gone like to a normal high school in China or something by ourselves, it oh, would have been very different. But because we were in a university with live international students, other or other international students, they,
1: they have to make a difference. They have to
0: exactly up. because okay. if. You took a, the average American Argentinian, hypothetically, and mm-hmm. to that environment, it'd be quite a shock and, you know, I know with me, if my teacher said, you can't ask questions, I'd be, excuse me? Of course I can. I'm learning. I'm going to ask you questions because that's how I learn. You,
1: know, I, you, learn, you learn from mistakes. You learn from, like, you learn from all sort of experiences uh, and that's why like, they just limit yourself to, like, a single, a single Yes.
0: No, and I think you know.
1: Another, another distinction I wanted to point out is that, yeah, like in the I, in Argentina, I know about this, and I, in the U.S., you in both systems you have teaching assistants, yes, to the like, which are for those of you who don't know, are like you know, like perhaps undergrads, perhaps like master students who just like help uh, give the class, you know, uh, whether it is in a recitation after the lecture time or just like answer questions, grading homework. You know, answering emails, all,
0: all sort of things. Well, I don't think that's the case in China, is it? I mean, they. De- I mean, I've encountered teaching assistants or like you know, graduate assistants in China, but I wouldn't say it's the same as it is in the U.S. I don't know enough about it to make it a definitive comparison, but I know, like at our school, we there's a lot of graduate assistant assistants or assistantships that we offer, and those could be teaching, research, or just general and I definitely think there's a lot of general in China too where they'll work for a department work for different professors and do all in different, depending on that so that's definitely the case but it's I think there's definitely it's similar but I can't give a, a, yeah,
1: like a, a, like a pool, full
0: analysis on it
1: you know. well yeah I, I, I had a feeling that well at least in my case I've never seen one well I didn't know what a teaching assistant was when I was in China so I, I wasn't very you know I, I wasn't like very attentive to actually find yeah.
0: I came across that concept afterwards I, when I got into college. Yeah, and definitely on a minor note, I would say that when it comes to certain disciplines, I would say the U.S. is pretty well rounded, but, but in China, they're much more science, math, you know, tech savvy. But I would say their social sciences and humanities definitely lag behind.
1: Well, because I, I get, but that's, that's obvious. Where you know. You, you need to really allow free thought, or, um, I, I wouldn't, like free thought in the sense that, like whatever, like, you're writing ideas, well, that, that's what it is about, you're interpreting history, uh, you are, you know, like there all, all sort of these things that sometimes require like either, you know, using sources that are not available, or interpreting sources in a way that is not beneficial to someone else
0: you hit you hit it that's exactly that's exactly right and so it's because my, of the government and restrictions
1: limited in, in how they can explore yes I mean,
0: and just- those those the, the humanities and social sciences those require a lot more questioning and then more personal opinion and research work in in those in that in that direction whereas the hard sciences it's it's more just it's more, it's a scientific method, it's not about, doesn't involve anything with politics or anything that could be considered sensitive by a government, or as much.
1: I'll tell you you something, I I just remember, when I'm thinking, I'm doing like a personal, you know, from all the people I know from Argentina that are currently in college, I'm asking myself, what do they study? And surprisingly, I would say, the vast majority of the people I know. Uh, Even though I do have quite a number of friends that are engineering students, the vast majority study like literature, they study philosophy, they study like cards and letters. I dunno what that is. But they they do all of these things that are super you know like they involve a lot of writing and like free speech, you know, like it's very liberal, liberal arts. Yes. Uh, and I yeah, I, I believe Argentina I don't know if it's worldly renowned by that, but we do have like quite a few like authors, you know, that are these are known quite quite well in Latin America. So, yeah, so these are some sort of disciplines that are really encouraged in here. And in the U.S., I think it's more, you know, there's a, it's nicely distributed among the different Yeah,
0: areas. I mean, I wouldn't say it's even across the board, but there's definitely much more balance, in, because especially with international students, you, they always, especially coming to the U.S., they tend to focus more engineering, business, uh, but math, tech stuff. Now, that's not saying there that there aren't a lot who don't, but that's where the trends are. Or well, that's the like trend
1: point You're too. coming in at least the way I see it. You're going to one of the countries that does the most research in engineering in science. So and it's usually the people who do that research that, I, that teach those courses. So you want to learn from from the very best at the cutting edge of what's going on right now. I even like the professor I work most closely with in my own research. He teaches a class every fall about energy conversion. I he like he speaks about energy devices that can generate you electricity super efficiently, and that's actually the research that we do in our lab. So every semester he keeps on updating that class with whatever discoveries are going on in our research. So yeah, so like you're being delivered content that is the most up to date.
0: No, yeah, it's like it's never just a repeat course. It's Every yeah. semester, they, you, like you said, it's new information and you're building and building upon what you, you've already you, learned. Yeah,
1: you just build and build and, and yeah, I mean, you, we might have taken the same course different semesters, that same course, right, and, like, our, our, you know, and the same professor, too, but perhaps our knowledge might be slightly different because there's always, like, that, that evolution. But yeah, and that's not only true for engineering. It, I think in, like, in many research universities in the U.S., right,
0: I think it's true across the board with most with most subjects as long as you have a professor or faculty that are upbeat, they're continuing to expand upon what they're doing. Now with some things like EMB you know, history, you know, it's all about the past, but I would say you know, like in the US or at least the co- my college, it wasn't so much about you need to know all the facts, dates, and people, it was you need to know how to structure an argument using the past to influence now and the future, so we put a lot of effort in how to do research, how to hmm. find sources, how to cross-examine them, how to, you know, primary sources, secondary I sources. Exactly. The methodology was exactly. really so important. And that's one thing I was actually kind of surprised, but I find it's very useful now because people think, oh, history, what can you do with that? Like, well, you can do a lot because you know how to do research, you know how to compare things, and you know how to use the past to really build, yeah, there's, I,
1: there's you know, so many different information, information about today. You can understand yeah. Uh, it's basically a way to see the future the In a way. You know, and
0: you know, you learn about where do people come from, who we are and where our roots are and you, and most importantly trends. You learn tre- what, sure what sure. history repeats it's itself. That's exactly. completely true, you know, and both for the good and both for the bad.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think like one thing I wanted to point out is that so I, I believe in the US funding for research or funding for universities is generally Quite good. Uh, yes, I've heard this quote uh, from a book I read back in the day. It's called the uh, Reluctant Fundamentalist. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's uh, it's about like, one dude who is, I think he comes from Pakistan or India, and he goes to Princeton, right, that, at that famous university in the U.S. He was saying that only the endowment of the university, or like the amount of money they receive for research, was as high as the whole like education like stipend or, like, you know, like money that was given to Pakistan, and that is also the case of Argentina. The whole, I like, the, the amount of money that my university receives is probably larger than the whole Argentinian ministry of education, the research to, like, give money to, like, every university. Wow. So, <laughs> I'm that research opportunities back home for students are not very, you know, plentiful i would say there's not the funding
0: uh, available to promote it you could say
1: to promote it absolutely and then there's like specialized labs you know that you know belong to the state but they are very hard to get involved with always lack of research you know there's not really like being in academia like down here it's not really i mean it's all it's like in the u.s holding a phd it's like it's very respected but in here it won't really give you much because uh, it won't give you like food, in other words, and, and, and you won't be able to bring back to, to the table, like they say in, in Argentina. So there's no no money, no stipend, and you might love what you do, but, uh, but it's super limited. Um, so that that, that way, uh, yeah, if you wanna like be a you know like a successful researcher, you wanna be in the US, whether there's like research for that. Uh, PhDs are well well regarded, well taken care of.
0: And, you know, that's, that's sad to say because it's not that because people can't do it or don't want to do it. It's because there are limitations because of what yeah, they have yeah, access yeah. to. And that's one thing I've noticed working in working a university now and is that depending on the country, you see a larger pr- uh, prevalence for people wanting to come here for both undergrad and grad or primarily like with some countries, just grad, most of the students well, from many countries well, or Ph.D.
1: Well, since you brought that topic up, just to like a quick note. But you see country like China, which is like experiencing outstanding growth in every like area that you can imagine. And I, at least personally, I've never seen uh, like a country so heavily invested in doing research in the sciences, you know? I mean, it, it says is about everything else. And it, it, like they're putting so much money even in Zhejiang University, you know, the one place where it, they built a whole campus, Zhejiang like we just were full of labs and so well, Do you know what was that built by any chance? Well, I know yeah. that
0: Dijingang, That's where we were. It was a huge campus, and since I've left, they've doubled the size of it.
1: They doubled, like the size. They've of added here, like a,
0: a what, whole. Or East...
1: Was it two years? Uh, I,
0: I was actually back when I was actually back for business. I actually visited the campus, and they were constructing a whole like uh, eastern Columbia segment. Wind,
1: right?
0: And oh. I know they were adding more programs, and because there was a huge biology building on Jijingang campus, and that's where, and I've been, at, it's full of labs, and there's a lot, of you know, chemistry, biology, physics, yeah, so the, and then the pharmacy, the army and...
1: ...of PhD students or researchers, you know, and, and and it's not enough, not enough the amount of my researchers they can produce in a year, so, so and in my opinion, that is fascinating, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all... You know, you're contributing towards you know expanding the boundaries of human knowledge, regardless of where you are in the world. Uh, of course, many many Chinese students, as far as I'm concerned, they do go to the US to like be trained. And I would know, say statistically,
0: yeah, statistically, it's more.
1: Might not be in China.
0: And I would say statistically, it's pretty like it's there's a lot of undergrad and a lot of grad. It's whereas India, it's much more grad, less undergrad. Where China, it's it's, it's it's not. 50-50, but it's more balanced. So it's, that's, more, it's
1: more balanced, yeah. yeah. That, that I definitely agree. Um, you know, but yeah, they, they definitely come Like you know, Argentina, well, nobody wants to come here, but I, I know from the U.S., from what I see, going and, there yeah. and then, you know, just either stay in the U.S. or going back to China. because I mean, there's like, lots of more opportunities in, in place.
0: Know, I would say that, you know, like, Americans, I think, compared to most, a lot of countries don't study abroad as much, that the statistics show that. But I do see a lot of them who do like to study abroad or do a semester or a year abroad as part of their mm-hmm. as part of their program. So I think that is a big thing and that's where you know, Argentina might be a place. I know Chile's Chile's popular, yes. yeah, Peru, I, I China, I mean, uh, many
1: more. I think my school offers some sort of like program to Argentina, but I think it might be just like for the summer. Yeah, we like have yeah,
0: we have a lot of programs that we send students off different countries and we have our partners overseas, the partner universities. So no, that's no. I think you, I think we've hit. It, we've been very comprehensive in discussing that. And I would say the the last thing for today would be um, <clears throat> a little bit about just um, campus life. Campus life, oh,
1: right? Between that, that the is, three,
0: that is uh, really good. And I can start off by saying that campus life between the three is definitely different. I mean, there's it similarities.
1: Definitely different,
0: and I would say in the U.S., you know, because I'm from the Midwest, so we, I would, I didn't live on campus. I lived in my hometown. I saved a lot of money that way, so I would commute to campus every day because it was only a few miles from my house. So I didn't live on campus. I didn't get the full, you know, live on campus experience in the U.S. But I had a lot of friends who live there, so I go to parties and do stuff. Kind of back to what you're saying, oh, you know, American kids party, party, party. Mm-hmm. That is definitely true, but it's not. It depends on the person. It depends on how seriously oh. the students take. Your education. <laughs>
1: I, I, I know it does, right? But I'm not, I, I, let, let's be serious for like one moment. Like, I, this is one thing I wanted to really confirm. When I, when I went to my first frat party, like, I mean, you, you got to go at least to one to one frat party in your life, right? Because, oh, of if course. You've seen that in movies. They make they make like tons of movie scenes about like you know the the pure pong scene. They're like throwing and like you see all of the brothers like hanging out and being all drunk. I wanted to really see that. I wanted to see like, the decor inside like the houses and it was so real, it, it felt like I was in a movie really. And, mm-hmm. and that is what I love the most, it's like uh, the way they depict uh, at least that social aspect of university life in the US in the movies, it's quite close to like the, the real thing. At least I'm speaking from an international perspective, like my, my imagination was fulfilled.
0: No, I would say, you know, I've seen plenty of co- movies that involve college parties and stuff, and ha- and I would definitely say that they're very similar. And a lot of times it's, you know, it's, you know, hits it right <laughs> on the head. <laughs> yeah. You know, but a lot of the extreme things, that's not necessarily as true. I mean, there's definitely crazy things that happen, oh, but. <laughs> they do
1: happen about bronze in other environments, yeah. yeah.
0: But I would say that, you know, it, there's still a lot of craziness, but it was actually worse in the past because they've really cracked down on a lot of, of activities that, you know, were borderline dangerous that but you hear from like you know the 60s 70s 80s 90s it was a little crazier back then from talking to my family and friends who went to school you know long before I did but you know that is something very unique to the U.S. in my opinion like when I was in China I never saw parties like that and then when I was in Italy
1: there's no no like fraternities there yeah now Italy yeah
0: now when I was in Italy yes there was a little more uh, I went to, but it was mainly the, Amer- the other American students and the Italians, kind of getting together and hanging out. It was definitely more party there, but it was old. It was different because it was more. You'd have to leave the campus to go do it, and if you did do it on campus, you had to be careful because there were the restrictions were like more. Police
1: patrolling around. Eh?
0: Not even yeah. so much that it's just that the like the ordinances for noise and other things yeah. on yeah, campus yeah. were stricter than it was in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, Because
1: like Italy was like more city-based, right? So, yeah, yes. Yeah, like,
0: because yeah, we're in Rome, and then Zhejiang is yeah, the real Hangzhou. Yeah. Now that's not saying that I didn't go to parties in in China at Zhejiang University. I did. It's just they weren't like they never were as crazy or well, never as You, you want wild. Party
1: to like karaoke parties, so you're yes. Just, like, drinking i don't know like Tai joe or like Tai joe you know PGO beer a lot of junk
0: food and then singing and you know there may be a lot of laughing giggling as people get more and more drunk
1: i like that it's just it's just different you know you sing a little Katy perry there you know like some of the biggest hits
0: Yeah, it, the style of partying is def, definitely different. And when I came back to visit, after I grad my second, when I, uh, in 2016, my second year of my grad program, I came back in the winter to visit family. And one of my buddies in China, he was an undergrad there. He came back with me for two weeks. And I still had friends at my old university who were seniors. <laughs> so I took him to a college party. He about died. He was like, oh my God, I think I'm in a movie. And he was so <laughs> terrified at first. And then after a while he was having so much fun it was hilarious he went from like pure pure terror to like
1: i like this this is so much fun no god I, 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 that is hilarious what you're telling me ah, yeah. i can't imagine yeah but then, yeah, the, the, i'm trying to you know make memory on was how, like you know party life there in china but i, I would say uh, I, I am a little biased because I think it only happened among the international students. You you, 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 you yes. didn't speak. Maybe I would completely
0: agree after. with you. Now, I would say the international students would, would organize, instigate most of it, and then. Yeah, but, and,
1: then, yeah and somebody would join. Exactly. Kind of and there. as
0: the semester or the as the time went by, the longer they were there and the more Chinese they met, then you would see more and more Chinese kind of join because. You know at first they'd be like oh, oh my goodness this is different and then later they okay I, we, we get it
1: uh, absolutely yeah it, it's just I, I don't know
0: yeah but was, there's and yeah it was
1: also like the, the the soccer world got back in back in those days so so again i don't know whether they were celebrating about that whether it was like normal to be celebrating
0: uh, <laughs> so. yeah and i would say just the difference between like living living on campus because like I said I didn't live on campus in the US but I lived on campus in Italy and I lived on campus in China and mm-hmm. I would say the different the difference between the US and the other two countries is in both China and Italy a lot more walking you walk a lot more and you walk a lot more yeah and it's just more Campus layout, they're all different, but it's just more—it's just different. There's a lot more walking. You don't have a car or you don't have access to the same amount of personal transportation as you do back in the U.S. because I have a truck here, so I'd always drive. Now, our campus is mm-hmm. really spread out, so I did do a lot of walking, so it did mirror that, but it was still nothing compared to both Italy and China where you want to go someplace, you got to walk, take a bus or subway or taxi
1: well, well, I mean, when you go off like campus. Irish, you yes. Uh, it like turns yeah. yeah. of I have, like, this question yeah. about campus, like, just, like, architecture in general. Do you think that in China it was less green? Like, a couple of us, like, you know, like, uh, green in the sense that like, trees and stuff as compared to the U.S.
0: Yeah, I would say, like, in the U.S., the universities, the the architecture can be can range, or range widely. But in China, it's more – they kind of have a similar style, like, you know, it's going to be a little more, like – Cold War looking, or
1: yeah, 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 yeah. for lack of a better yeah, way of saying yeah, it, it's
0: just war. it's more like abrupt, a little more you know, just like oh, it's a big building, you know, it's like a concrete building, it's just more industrial. Whereas the U, in the U.S. it's a little more there's more aesthetics to a lot of the buildings,
1: uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm.
0: it, maybe older newer, but in China it's just a little more. But with Zhejiang, Zhejiang with Zhejiang University and Jiaxinggang and Yichuan campuses. Uh, you could see the difference. Like the old older stuff was kind of neat, and then you had this mo- more mo- the more modern, which could be very crude or also more futuristic.
1: Oh, well, more futuristic, yeah, it depended on like whether they hired a good architect or not. Yeah.
0: and then just to pose that to Italy, oh my God, Italy was old. It was very old, you know, because you're in Rome. Well, so you're
1: studying history at the college itself. Right? Exactly. Even, like, from The college it was built like a thousand years ago yeah. or so.
0: And that's and that's the thing. I would say Italy is probably the most diverse place. I've ever been to in terms of architecture being brand new or going back to pre-Rome. So whereas in China, everything is modern or in the U S everything is with it in the U S everything is, I would say within 50 to 100, maybe 150, 200 years old if you're depending on where you are. So it's, there's a little more diversity than in China because they've kind of just wiped the slate clean when they rebuilt everything, you know, post 1960s and seventies. Whereas in the U S we don't still have enough history yet to really give a good
1: well, but my, it's still, sampling. Mean, there's, there's like many colleges you have like video building and stuff. Well, I'm like, another question that just came up to my mind is, so you, let's say you're walking in a campus, China, US, where in which one of them would you find more students, like, you know, engaging with themselves, like outside, like, in the US, like, one picture I have is like folks playing in the park, like frisbee. Or you know, like some like quick football there, you know, like a sprint football there, or you know, like just lying around in a hammock reading a reading a book. Is that I I didn't see that in China.
0: Yes, I would I would definitely you know, sup- support that argument. In 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 the U.S., you always see people mingling, talking, doing stuff, activities, etc. In China, you see people talking, but they keep much more to themselves. And another difference is that on U.S. campuses. The library is full, but you'll probably find more students in cafes off campus yeah. or in different places where they will be drinking coffee, tea, or doing their homework. Whereas in China, all the My. student, all the Chinese students would be in their labs, the library, or other academic facilities. All those international students, you would be there too, but more of us you'd find in all the coffee shops or cafe guan, yeah. you know, cha guan, tea, no like, yeah. tea shops. And, and, and it'd be hilarious because if you know. go there and maybe. 50% or more of the people there are all international students. It's just this different, the difference in style of personal study when you get your homework, you know. So that was one difference for sure. And I'm
1: right. like here, back in Argentina, the concept of a college campus, is not like, it hasn't really been developed. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have like buildings in the city. Um, so it's like, you don't really have much of a campus experience. You just go there, you take the class and then you go home because like, there's not even dorms to, to begin with. You usually like, go back, back to your, your home or wherever you need to be at. Uh, so that, that's definitely something I really appreciate about like, being in the US. It's just that like, you, you get a beautiful experience and engaging with people in extracurricular activities too because like, yes. that, that's also another learning environment
0: and there's definitely a lot of opportunities for that in China. I joined some some clubs, and I met my my good friend who went to the U.S. and I joined his club. We did a lot of cool stuff. So there's definitely opportunities, it, but you have to be a little more
1: they, aggressive, maybe going about they're them. Made. Yeah, they're not as
0: advertised as much now. There are there was definitely stuff advertised for us international students to do, but if you wanted to get involved with more what the the, the, the Chinese students were doing, you would have to kind of get invade them a bit to kind of get involved with them.
1: Yeah. I remember I wanted to join the like the club tennis team, and it was like that, that was like one of the hardest things I
0: did. It can be, if yeah, it's definitely difficult like and people. awkward sometimes because they're like, you're doing what? Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> they're trying to communicate in a foreign language, like how to,
0: yeah. how to, how to do something. But that's right. how you learn. You have to break out of your comfort zone in order to do that.
1: Yeah, and, yeah go out and try
0: and do it for yourself. No, I think that, that kind of gives a good sampling of, of the campus life. There's a lot more we could discuss, but I would say it's definitely different. There's, of course, similarities, but y'all have to go to class, class and all the, all the normal college routines, but just how the students go about their day and what you, what you can and can't do or just your ability to, to move around, that definitely can vary across, you know, all three countries. But I would definitely say that it seems Argentina, Italy, and the U.S. are definitely have more similarities than uh, yes, China.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. I think mean, mean, in terms of like, you know, social life and stuff, you, you end yes. up like, hanging out with your friends afterwards. And stuff, so. Exactly.
0: So. Well, Eddie, it's been a great um, episode to do with you today. We're almost out of time, but we will pick this up on part two where we'll go into the additional aspects we want to cover. So I just wanted to thank you again, and I think we've really hit this hard and really broken down a lot of the... You know, yeah. aspects no, that define education. And
1: it, it brings me, makes me appreciate where I'm right now, where we've been. Um, makes me think what I want to still do because I mean we, we're both still young, and they, uh, I don't know it's just like very, very nice to speak all of these topics. Huh? It's very interesting.
0: Likewise, it's always nice to have you, have you, Andy. It's great talking to you, and you know I'm just glad that we've had the experiences we've had, and we were able to meet the way we did, and now we're doing this and you know, who knows what the future will bring, and I think if there's anything that I would tell someone who's interested or in college now is study abroad, go overseas, or go to a different country, experience a different education s- system, because it definitely, regardless of it, you think it's better or worse, it's going to definitely give you a more a broader perspective on how to learn. Yeah, absolutely. At
1: least it will make you appreciate
0: either one of those systems more. For sure. So... Well, Andy, until next time, this has been another episode of International Immersion. Please let us know if you have any questions, send us an email, send us likes, and we will see you on the next episode.
1: Bye-bye.